Okay, I think K- Kalen sucks. <laughs> I love that dumb motherfucker. <laughs> he, okay, so when I talk to him as a dwarf, he does the very much, like, you've met people who have been on study abroad trips, right? <laughs> so, like, he's very much like, oh my god, I studied abroad in Orzammar, I just <laughs> love dwarven culture. Welcome to Mortified, the Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm channeling my hyperfixation from 2015. And this week, we examine the start of a franchise with Dragon Age Origins. (gasps) Before we slurp some delicious black blood, remember you can help us on Mortified Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, setting up for a monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, or following us on Tumblr at MortifiedPod. Not Twitter. Note. <laughs> Twitter. We're not going to talk about it, but both both me and Layla are stepping back from Twitter. Layla, I think a lot more, but. Oh, yeah. I'm fully it's, not it's, on it anymore. It's rough. It's bad. Um, Layla. Aaron. Can you, in less than one minute, summon your feelings, sub- summarize your feelings on Dragon Age? I can both summon and summarize them. Um, <laughs> I love Origins. Two is my baby. Inquisition is the redheaded stepchild to me, but that's okay. Uh, they are great games that I was very hyper fixated on between the years of 2015 to 17. Uh, in the political sense, uh, my wish list item is for people to stop using hyperfixation for casual obsession. Um, they're good games, and they saved my life when I was very sad. So I'm very indebted to them, but that also means I've put a thousand hours in them and have many complicated opinions. How did you enjoy your time? So, yeah, it's interesting. I actually played a little bit of Dragon Age Origins when it came out in, like, 2009. I had a friend who got it for PS3, I believed, and, um, you know, we we played through that, and I got to, like, kind of see how that system worked, and I was intrigued, but didn't end up actually playing it until, um, I want to say... Like around the same time that you started getting into it, just because like I had I had played through Mass Effect and I was like, okay, I should also probably play through the Dragon Age series. Uh, I I think I got two actually for the PS3 and and played that a lot and I was like, oh, this is actually really fun. I had a great time with two, uh, and and you know, but I so I and I tried Inquisition a little bit and dropped off it because it's a boring game, unfortunately. Um, but um, yeah, so like I I've played it and and I I remember enjoying it, but. I had also last, maybe not last year, but the year before, had tried to introduce my wife to it, um, and we played through, like, the first hour, and um, we chose the um, elf commoner background, and that is one of the worst ones to start anybody with, um, and so we didn't play that again, um, and we'll, we'll talk about that here in a sec, but yeah, you know, I like Dragon Age, um, I, I especially like two. I think Origins is absolutely a, a relic of its time. There's some just heinous, 
heinous choices it makes with its openings, depending on which openings you choose, uh, that I that I truly do not blame anybody for just being like, oh, I'm not going to play this fucking series. Why would I do this? <laughs> this series sucks ass. Uh, but like, I think once if you are able to get around that, it does actually have some pretty interesting um narrative choices and lore and and, you know it's 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 bioware right this is these are the people who you know fucking these are the Baldur's gate people right we say on Baldur's gate launch day Baldur's gate 3 launch day um so like i think they're they have a very strong narrative uh lineage um but yeah you know i i i went back through it i played you know we didn't play the whole thing i played up through the um the battle at um what's it called ostagar Ostagar and a little bit afterwards into like the village that's outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'd say about four ish hours. Um, but, you know, I enjoyed like three of them. So, like, you, you can't actually, it took me two hours to get through the prologue. So, I, I enjoyed the stuff after the prologue. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of where I come down on it. And, and we'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so the pl- the origins I play again uh, hyperfixation in the sense that I when I played Origins I for the most part in all of my playthroughs of it played through kind of the same choice set just like on repeat. Don't know why, just what my brain wanted at the time. So I usually do the female elf mage route, and then I have also played the human noble route, which is actually really good. I usually mm-hmm. don't love the like quote unquote standard human noble you know quest lines or whatever. Um, but I like that one. There's some good side characters. Um, the, the thing, the, the joke with Origins, again, relic of its time, right? It it was, um, it's actually quite good in terms of, like, representation for 2008. Um, but, you know, playing it in 2023, there's some, certainly some issues, but, um, it's funny because when you're making your elf character, there's, like, there is or used to be some flavor text kind of at the beginning. There is, there like, still is, yeah. Oh, in the in the in the <laughs> the realm of Thetis, there are, people don't treat women any differently. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like is do. that true? That's not. I don't think you're you're correct about that. They treat women way differently <laughs> here yeah. in Thetis. There's like a whole quest line in Lothering. I don't know if you got to it, but there's this um. Uh, for lack of a better word, a barmaid who is just like constantly sexually harassed by her boss, Great. and you can like help her get out of Lothering after the battle. Uh, basically, by by giving her money, I I <laughs> I'm kind of in the middle of like an actual replay of Origins because there's some like movement around Dreadwolf. You know, they're an alpha. Mm-hmm. They announced it, um, mm-hmm. so I'm trying to replay the series and kind of like emotionally prepare myself and and kind of refresh myself on the lore and the story. Not that I need to do it, uh, but, you know, whatever, I'm doing it. Um, and it's just interesting because, like, there's there's just so many little things like that where you're like, wow, this is aged, huh? I mm-hmm. The series really, like, if we play 1, 2, and 3, they're, they're all kind of functionally different games. Um, Dragon yeah. Age's identity is really weird. Um, it's partially kind of what I like about it in the sense that, you know... There's always iteration or, like, exploration on a theme. But, um, yeah, Origins is very um, one-of-a-kind in the sense that it's very strategic and it's more political than um, Tour Inquisition. Um, so, you know, it's it's that's what the Origins kind of lead towards, especially the Dwarven ones and the, the Human Noble ones. Um, and then 
you know, the mage one is very isolated because you're in a tower. <laughs> right, right. And that's a whole different thing um, because of the way that the mages are treated in this setting, which I think is interesting. Um, Can I very quickly explain to you my, um, my it's, it's not a conspiracy theory, but my like, um, my pitch to Bioware uh, about why <laughs> about why mages should be in a tower. Um, it has to do with taxes. Mm-hmm. I think, Bioware, if you're listening, I think it'd be very fun and compelling if uh, whenever a mage went to the tower from whatever town, that the town that they came from, or the town that they were found in, because there's traveling apostates, had to pay in taxes the stay, the cost of the stay of that mage in the tower, because then it would give people reason to not like mages, because every time one gets caught, raises their taxes and the mm. bigger cities can shoulder that burden no problem but in the little villages it's harder see that's interesting that's a good that's a good world building uh mm-hmm. nugget there yeah bioware um i will take five dollars and early access for dreadwolf for that <laughs> that's shockingly low um <laughs> i'm not a writer i'm a producer i suppose um but yeah you know i'll talk about what i my playthrough is like a little bit you know um, I started as a male dwarf commoner. Mm-hmm. Um, is that Braska? Uh, Farron Braska, yes, yeah. that's my my character's name. Um, and um, you know, the I usually don't use use or or, or dwarves as um, you know when I'm doing like a fantasy setting game. You know, just not a you know an archetype that interests me. But I was like, you know, sure, let's let's try it. You know, let's mix things up. Uh, and in this setting, um, dwarves have a caste system. <laughs> Which was my first tip off. I was like, oh, this is going to be complicated. Um, Like, and listen, I I don't think that fantasy is not allowed to use cast systems, right? You know, they're replicating a real world phenomenon. Um, It is a little bit weird when it's just like, we're just going to do what Hinduism does. We're just going to be like, yeah, there's a noble cast, there's a warrior class, there's a piece, there's a, uh, you know, a uh, a priest class, and then there's um the casts that you know there's the castless, um, which is analogous to the Dalit or Untouchables in uh, Hinduism, uh, and they're pretty much treated the same way. You know, and they're not allowed to really participate in society. You know, they're they're you know discriminated against. Um, so I don't know. I I I wouldn't have made that choice uh, in the year of our Lord. You know, 2023 certainly, and in 2009, you know. I, I guess we had read ended racism because Barack Obama got elected. So um, and you, know, you got to remember fu- that it came out in two thousand eight, so there was still right. racism because it was in production before Barack Obama got elected. Yeah, that's true. Um, but um, yeah, basically, um, my my family situation is that my sister is kind of like a, an escort slash sex worker, and her whole deal is if she can entice somebody from a noble house to get her pregnant then that will elevate the status of my whole castless family mm-hmm. into becoming you know part of that person's uh, clan which is you know when we say that dragon age treats women equally this is what we're talking about this is the equality we're given um basically no woman in the the dwarven commoner uh playthrough is given like it is given very much agency. There's one warrior fighter woman I fought in the arena and she was silent. That was part of her character arc, which I think is just like cool, great. Um but like there is yeah. um so there is 
Oh my God, what is her name? Um, I don't know if you got to meet her in the origin, but she's this little inventor um, girl and she wants to go study. Uh, she wants to go study at the circle. What is her? Dagna. Uh, Dagna rules because Dagna, it, like uh, for a mage playthrough, you go to Orzammar and she's just like so excited to see you. She's like, oh my God, you're a mage? Oh, I want to go study at the circle so bad. And that's actually a pretty good Dagna impression. I want to yeah. call that out. Sure. Um, and she, uh, you can go and take her letter to the circle and they'll like let her study there. Uh, yeah. And she actually comes back as your artificer in Inquisition because she learned all the cool lyrium tricks. She can work with it because she's a dwarf. That sounds really cool. See, that's that's great. Um, I wish I had met her. <laughs> she rules. Uh, <laughs> She's the, apparently the only woman with agency in our spar. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, like the rest of them, like my mom is just like, an, uh, you know, somebody who has alcohol abuse problems. Um, oh, and, don't we all? Yeah. Listen, but like it kind of sucks when it's just like, well, now you have to protect your big sister and your mom who's abusive um, by, you know, being like the, the guy who like helps rough up people like it collects you know debts for some local crime lord basically Mm -hmm. um so that all sucks i don't love i don't love that the the way that this setting treats women as we've established but there's a very interesting like story that gets you involved with duncan the the gray warden which is that you have to like basically try to help somebody throw a fight um or basically you know my my boss has bet a lot of money on somebody so um, I am going to like help rig a fight in in the person he's bet on favor. But when we get there, the person who um, he had bet on is like drunk and on and just like unconscious. So you steal that guy's armor and then you fight in his place. Um, and you know, of course, naturally you win um, and and you get a lot of money. But then like the guy who's been drunk sobers up and walk wanders out into the arena, <laughs> and then he's just like, hey what's going on <laughs> and then everybody's like oh fuck take your take your helmet off and then they're like yeah you're castless they arrest you um it seems like your boss is gonna assassinate you um and uh but then um you fight your way through you kill him you you have like a buddy who who is like kind of helping you out um you, you kill your boss and then duncan is like hey i'll get you out of this but you do have to become like a warrior priest with me. Um, and I was like, well, I guess. Um, and like, you know, I, I think Bioware does a lot of great, you know, narrative stuff, but I was a little bit disappointed that, you know, I know you have to meet a game where it's at, but I, I wish they had dug a little bit more into like the fact that like, you know, as a dwarf in this setting, it going above the surface makes me a permanent outcast. Like I can never come back. And I was just like, yeah, that sounds great. Awesome. And I, I couldn't really push back on that, which I was a little bit frustrated by, but it, it was ultimately fine. Uh, what are your feelings on, on, on Duncan? How do you feel about Duncan? Okay. I like Duncan. Mm. Um, but I also think he's a slime ball. And that, like, kind of rules, actually. Like, and I don't think this game ends up... I think the, the game ends up being like, the Grey Wardens are awesome! And it's like, no. The Grey Wardens kind of suck shit. Um, but that also rules. <laughs> they don't even suck shit that bad in this game. They suck shit pretty bad in um, Inquisition. <laughs> right, I'm sure they, they... Yeah, like, I'm sure Inquisition had the time to be like... It was pretty fucked up that, like, basically any route you take, Duncan, like, abuses his, like, situation and power over you to manipulate you into joining his army. <laughs> Oh, it's not even that. It's some the like Orlesian Warden Order is the target of uh, of Inquisition. But uh, so I I think I agree with you. I like I love to hate Duncan. Duncan 
is uh, a great narrative device and he's a mm-hmm. slime ball, but God, do I hate him. Uh, <laughs> and it sucks even more because uh, Alistair, your, your buddy, your co-warden, mm-hmm. warden in crime, um, he like very much talks about Duncan as like a father Right. And it's just like, I just want to reach through the screen, shake and be like, you could do so much better. What are you doing? Hey, Alistair, your your father figure said that he would either let me get executed or join the military. <laughs> like, he's not a good dude. And yeah. Alistair's like kind of a good dude, which is, you know, fun. I, I like Alistair a lot. I love Alistair. He was he was my main romance for a long time. Uh, I've since mm-hmm. joined the Zevran camp, but he is a sweetie and I love him. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so so in the uh, very quickly, the mage origin is uh, less involved. There's, um, you know, your mage. You go through something called the harrowing, which is uh, the mage towers. Basically, they put you in a demon maze, and they're like, "Good luck. If you fuck up, we're gonna kill you." Uh, <laughs> and the whole time you're in there, there's a templar with his sword to your neck, and they're literally just ready to kill you if you start becoming an abomination, which is to say, like a demon takes over your body. Uh, so you do the whole, like, mage, you know, trial, whatever. You become a full mage. They're exciting. Everyone's excited for you. Uh, and then your good buddy, your good friend, Jowen, is like, hey, pss, 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 pss. I got a problem. I'm in love. And you're like, okay. And he's in love with um, one of the acolytes of the, the mm. Chantry who serves in the tower. Now, uh, do you think a religious prisoner and somebody who serves the chantry are allowed to be together i'm gonna say no correct so jowen is like listen me and lily she's my one true we're in love you've got to help me bust out of here and you can help him bust out of there in a couple very funny ways one of them involves leaving a straight up paper trail like (laughs) and my character i very much play her as like this like goody two shoes parentheses trauma like, she's just been there for so long that she's not really, like, examining the power structures around her. She's just kind of right. existing. Um, and so you literally can go and, like, get this fire rod to melt a door, but you, like, have to get a requisition form for it and, like, get it approved by a senior mage. It's very funny when you, like, right. put it in contact. You're like, can I please have this to do a crime? Um, and they give it to you, which is very fun. Yeah. Listen, I work for the government. That's about accurate. That's about accurate. I mean, like, listen, our former president has 77 indictments. So. <laughs> you listen. 70, 77 felony charges, baby. Um, and counting. So uh, you bust out your buddy Jawan, or you try to, but at the very last second you get caught. Now, one of the things I really love about Origins is there's goof shit that never gets explained or followed up on ever again. Like, Origins... Because Thetis is a uh, fun fact also about Thetis, if you don't know this, Thetis stands for the Dragon Age setting and they just never. Yes. Yeah. I think you it. told me that before. It's really good. It's an in- excellent. Thank you, Bioware. Um, so like Origins, because it's kind of in its infancy, is just kind of the goofiest game. There's werewolves. There's a uh, weird magic shit that happens. There's um, my favorite thing and the thing you find in the Mage Tower. There's just a talking statue from Tevinter. Why is she there? Who is she? I don't know. Never gets followed up on again. There's just a Tevinter soul trapped in the basement of the of Kinlock Hold. Um, cool. But anyway, you get caught. And uh, Jowen, dipshit, reveals himself to be a blood mage. Because he's like, listen, 
if I don't get the fuck out of here, they're going to do the tranquility ritual on me, which is like they they rob you of all emotion. You are sealed off from the fade. You right. feel nothing. You want nothing. You are just kind of a human robot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a tranquil working at the the circle, so you can like see it, see that in action. Uh, wait, uh, or not? Wait, sorry. Wait's the the um, guy in Denerim who makes swords. Um, there is a tranquil whose name I'm blanking on, obviously in the tower. But anyway, so you get caught. Uh, John reveals himself to be a blood mage, and obviously everyone's like, "Oh no, blood magic!" Even though blood magic objectively is just a tool, and as long as you use it properly, it's actually very safe. That's mm-hmm. my. That's my hashtag uh, uh, soapbox. Uh, and so obviously John has to go, but because you helped him and because you kind of either were involved in this, you are now at threat of the right of tranquility. And who steps in? But Duncan to Duncan, be like, well, right. you could become a religious soldier with me. Mm-hmm. You could. You could go out in the real world and kill Darkspawn for me. There's you like you a can also coming. be magically lobotomized, you know? The choice is yours. The, yeah, the choice is the, you're free to choose. <laughs> this is a game of choices. Uh, so obviously you go with Dunk uh, right. to go and uh, hang out at Ostagar with hottie King Kalen. Okay, I think King Kalen sucks. <laughs> I love that dumb motherfucker. <laughs> he, okay, so when I talk to him as a dwarf, he does the very much, like, you've met people who have been on study abroad trips, right? <laughs> So, like, he's very much like, oh, my God, I studied abroad in Orzammar. I just <laughs> love dwarven culture. Oh, my, like, y'all in the stones. It's it's very funny. I'm just, and I'm just like, all right, thank you, your your highness. That sounds, yeah. Uh, I was previously a part of a discriminated uh, cast, uh, and I had to fight my way through here. Just carved, carved my way through bodies. And then I was impressed into a religious military order, but I'm glad you had fun. I actually don't think Grey Wardens are religious necessarily. Yeah, no, they're, I'm trying to, I'm equating them more to Jedi, and that's not really, you know, they're not really religious in that way. They're but culty. Like, <laughs> they, they, yeah, they have some sort of, they have like guiding, a guiding philosophy in yeah. the same way that like a, a religion kind of does, but they don't, they're not like, they don't have a god. No, they're not, they're not Chantry affiliated. Right. Um, yeah, so I, Caelan is just kind of a dipshit when you talk to him as an elf mage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love that for him. There is a uh, there's a, a very nice DLC. Um, it's the Ostagar DLC. You get to actually go back. There's a so at Ostagar. There's going to be a big battle that Aaron's going to tell you about in a minute, and it doesn't uh-huh. go well. Um, but you go back to Ostagar, and it's really sad. Here's what I, when I say goof shit, this is what I mean. How smart are the Darkspawn? We don't know. What we do know is that they crucify Kaylin's body. Oh, God. <laughs> so you, like, come to Ostagar, and it's a very sad DLC. Like, if you you bring, like, Wynn and, and, and Alistair and, like, all these people that were, and Morgan, like, people that were there with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just sad and contemplative, and you walk around and, and kind of, like, see the damage and stuff. And then there's just Kaelin's crucified body, and you're like, well. Wow. I'm sad, but also confused. Why did the Darkspawn <laughs> do that? But they Listen. did. I guess they care about human monarchies, you know? Sure. Why not? Why not? Um, I did notice when I was watching the cutscenes, um, the YouTube cutscenes that I, that I watched had a scene where Alistair, like, when you, because you, you know, what happens is, you know, you're you're given a position, uh, King Kaelin, and, and actually, no, we have to talk about the, the ritual first. Oh, yes. 
Um, basically, you know, you meet Alistair, who is like a former Templar, now uh, a Grey Warden. He meets you and all your other Grey Warden buddies go out, and you have to get three vials of Darkspawn blood to drink to transform into a Grey Wardens. Um, while you're out there in the wilds, you um, kill a bunch of Darkspawn. There's actually a very fun thing that happens where, like, there's, like, a, a note you find on a body, and it's like, hey, if you do this ritual over in a certain location... Uh, maybe a ghost will show up and he does and you kill the ghost and it's like that's like a fun thing that like you know having played tears of the kingdom and like having a lens of like oh sometimes games will tell you what to do secretly and that's fun and cool and like that that's you know for a game that came out in 2008 2009 like that's kind of neat that like you could just get that kind of thing from like a an, like it wasn't even a quest it was just kind of like a codex entry um so like i was really excited about that but basically um what happens there is that um, you, what am I, th- what am I thinking of? You get the darkspawn blood, but then you go and find the magic treaties, or they're not magic treaties; they're just treaty treaties. But um, they're being kept by Morgan's mom, and Morgan is a um, woman who is like a like an apostate mage. She like lives out in the wilds outside the circle, um, the, the magic circle. Um, and she's like a very attractive goth woman, oh, basically. God, she's so hot. Um, so hot and so mean. She um, also takes, you know, she takes you back to her mom, who's like an elder god, basically. Um, and her mom gives you the treaties, and, and then you can go back and, and um, you know, do the next part. Uh, one thing I kind of wanted to say about uh, Morrigan, I kind of got the vibe that, like, as I listened to her talk more, she kind of hit me, like, as way younger than the game presents her. Like, like like maybe like 19 years old because i i she is honestly like always talking about how sheltered she was and like her like she had like all these like you know mean responses but like i kind of read that as like uh you know a a person who is like sheltered and doesn't understand um you know like the world that she's living in and like just kind of lashing out because people think that you know the way that she's lived has been strange so like i i don't know if you've ever read that but I, i certainly was like oh i don't i don't you know, Morgan is presented as being attracted, but I'm like, I'm not attracted to her because she seems like a kid to me now. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to look it up. Uh, some, it looks like sources are saying like late teens, early twenties. Cause she's right. in her thirties in inquisition when she comes back. Right, um, right. that tracks. Yeah, I don't. They don't think they specify her age, but she does have a lot of like, you know, a lot of her. Her. I actually really love her quest line. Um, I love getting her up to max friendship because she like very slowly starts to open up about the fact that she like has never depended on anyone, and and she doesn't really understand like gifts, and she's very like skeptical, and and you get to build trust with her, and it feels like genuinely satisfying when, at least in my case, like she calls you sister. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, like, this is my best friend now, and I would kill and also die for her, right? Like, it's... Yeah. Um, I Hers is, like, one of my favorite uh, companion quest lines in, in that whole game. Uh, it's it's genuinely really well done. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I'll be interested to see where that goes. Um, but anyway, you come, you come back, and this is where you get you get the, the mission to... Well, no, first, you have to drink the Darkspawn blood. And this is where you get Duncan being a slime ball again. Because, um, like... The first person drinks the dark spawn blood, dies immediately. Mm-hmm. Second person's like, "Oh no, I didn't know I was gonna get. It was gonna be like this. I I have a family." Uh, and Dunk and he like draws his sword and he's like backing away. And Duncan's like, "You." He's like, "Well, 
there's only two options and Duncan draws his sword and it's like, hey, Duncan, maybe let the guy just run away. It doesn't, you don't have to do, nope, Duncan fucking kills him. Uh, um, and he's just like, turns to you, gore all over his face and sword and he's like, we still have one left. And it's like, God, okay, I'll drink the fucking blood. Um, but yeah, no, Duncan sucks. Uh, it's very funny that he's just like, you're going to join my order. Um, and um yeah you drink the blood you have a you have a dream of a dragon uh and you wake up and you're a great warden mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. i really love that that uh initiation scene because they're really like man the stakes get so high immediately when the first guy right. just like fucking chokes and then yeah. uh the second guy dies and it's just like all you now um it's 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 wild so yeah, uh, that's that's Mr. Dunkey, and then from there you get to start prepping for the Battle of Ostagar, and the whole thing is that Kaelin is like, Kaelin wants glory. He wants to be the king in the history books that like fought valiantly at the sides of his soldiers and, and shit mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. which is all well and good, I suppose. He goes in with big gold fuck-off armor that you can, you can have Alistair wear later. Ooh, that's fun. I don't know if you know this, but Alistair is Kaylin's half brother. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh-oh. That is that is like a big reveal. Huh. Um, for Alistair, as like he's like, yeah. So by the way, we have the same dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Alistair's under the impression that his mom is like a kitchen maid that died, and he has a half sister in um, Denerim who does not react well to him showing up because she's like. Uh, they told me you were dead. I knew you were fucking alive. You killed my mom. Go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, give me money. Uh, <laughs> which, fair, you know. Valid. Valid. You you have your the spoiled brother who grew up, you know, in the in secret in riches, and mm-hmm. you are uh you wash clothes for a living in Denerim, right? Mm-hmm. It's not great. Mm-hmm. Um. So, fun fact: not his mom. Uh. Now. Uh. <laughs> The girl's mom did die uh, in childbirth, but that is not Alistair's mom. Alistair's half-elf, his mom, is uh, Fiona, who is the leader of the mages in... Oh my god, maybe... did she? Either she took over for Ferelden, or she's somewhere in the marches. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well. Mm-hmm. Man, that's mm-hmm. complicated. It's a lot. Is there not an option to to tell him no because you at no point does the player know that oh wild (laughs) you kind you as the player who has played all three installments can piece it together but your character never has an opportunity to put that in knowledge and context i like when games have weird meta narratives like that yeah it's a good time it's it's a good time so um but yeah uh uh, the other player uh, so you got kaylin who wants to go die gloriously in battle uh, then you got Logan, who was like his uh, advisor, and you take one look at the motherfucker and you go, he's evil. Oh, and yeah, that's an evil vizier, obviously. Great. Obviously, and you're so right, bestie. Um, and Logan is like, um, you're a dipshit, but whatever. And uh, uh, Logan is there because Kaelin is married to his daughter, Anora. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically the plan is uh, they're going to go to battle, and then uh, the Grey Wardens are going to go light the signal fire, call in reinforcements that are led by Logan. And then everyone charges gloriously and beats back the dark spawn. There's no blight. Uh, battle starts. It's going. Eh. Duncan's on the battlefield. Kaylin's on the battlefield. Dark spawn ahoy. 
Um, they're uh, they're humanoid. Um, actually, if you if you pay attention, it's revealed that like uh, they're all corresponding to like people turn into darkspawn or, right. or they can be birthed. So like the big fuck off horn guys are Canari. The regular ones are human. Mm. Yeah, there's the yeah. John Locks are humans. Herlocks are. Um, I'm getting those confused. Elves. Uh, yeah, dwarves. there's elves and dwarves. The, um, okay, yeah, but they're all based on species in the game. Precisely. Uh, so then you go to the tower, and you're like, hey, I'm here to do my job. Um, problem is the tower's being overrun, so you gotta, gotta fight your way up there. Um, and then when you get up there, and light the signal fire, the reinforcements do not come. Yeah, Logan turns around. Logan says, retreat, bitch. Uh, and his uh, hot lady assistant is like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, no, I'm sure. And so they retreat. Kalen dies. He gets literally squished to death in the fist of a darkspawn. Uh, and then uh, Duncan also dies, ripped to a legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get knocked out. And a dragon saves you from the tower. That dragon is Morrigan's mother. You wake up in the uh, hut. Ah, got and you. Now you learn that. Um, <laughs> You learn that uh, Loghain went back to Denarim and said, so sad that those dark, uh, those fucking Grey Wardens killed King Kaelin. Yeah. So now you are, there are two of you against the Blight, treaties, and uh, fucking, you are a, a shitty traitor to the crown yeah. uh, in the middle of a civil war and a Blight. <laughs> it's great. It's a good time. Um, I do want to, before we get more into that, say when I was watching the cutscenes, um, there's a bit where when Alistair dies, mm-hmm. or or no, when you die, Alistair is like wounded, and when he's dying, he like crawls up to your like unconscious body and like caresses you. Mm-hmm. That seems a bit early. Why? Why does that happen in in the DLC? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. You know? That didn't happen with mine. I don't. I guess maybe I'm a dude, and the 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 person who's playing through played as a woman. But like, that was weird. I thought I was like, "Hey, buddy, we just met." We um, just met, but I actually don't remember that happening. I wonder what they did to trigger it. Yeah, very strange. Very um, odd. Um, his romance is cute. Um, shout out. There's there's a modder. Um, so Alistair's a virgin, by the way. Uh, that's a big part of his. I think he's 19 years old. He's a virgin. It's fine. Wow. Uh, or he might be in his early 20s, but, it, it, you know, one of those things. Uh, he, there's a modder out there, shout out to this modder, like, earnestly shout out to this modder, that basically made a mod that is uh, trying to make Alistair's first time having sex more romantic, um, to celebrate this milestone in a young man's life. And I think mods are art. I think it's great that somebody did that. Uh, that is a fantastic form of self-expression. Sure, but I think it also should be fucking. I I want Alistair to be like, uh, uh. So what do I do with this thing? That's exactly what be, he's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Because it's this very, is, was he's written, like, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Help. We don't have sex ed here no. in Ferelden. You get one <laughs> extremely horny elf assassin. Um, yes, I've I've read about this person. I love him to death. Uh, very good. Um. Yeah. Also, there's a dog that that shows up. I, I think the dog's cool. Um, I'm glad that they they give you a dog companion. It's always nice to have a little dog. Uh, yeah. So the, the my biggest complaint about Inquisition is that you don't get a dog. You do only if 
you romance Cullen and buy the Trespasser DLC. You get a dog for 10 minutes. That's uh, strange. Yay, what are we doing? Yeah, give me my dog back. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's as far as we, we go. You know, I played a little bit more, um, met some more folks. I met a Canari guy who was in a cage and I recruited him. Stan! Yeah, he seems cool. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I, I know uh, if it was if Baldur's Gate wasn't coming out, I might actually keep playing uh, Dragon Age. Um, but uh, Baldur's Gate's coming out. So I'm going to spend a lot of my time in the future doing that. Yeah, I'm starting to think I should download it soon. Eh? Yeah, it's 126 gigs, so it'll take a while. <laughs> Um, cool. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good overall impression of, like, the flow of Dragon Age Origins. The rest of the game is, like, very much, uh, you go to a place, uh, you have a treaty, and the guy at the place says, listen, I'd love to help, but I got my own problems to deal with. And you have Mm -hmm. to solve their problem, and then they help you. Uh, and in addition to that, you get the kind of this fourth bonus quest with Arl Eamon, who raised, uh, Alistair. Arl Eamon is in a demon coma because he got poisoned by, guess who? Jowen. (laughs) Jowen. My good friend Jowen was like, I mean, I got hired and someone told me to poison him. And you're like, Jesus Christ, man, get it together. Uh, (laughs) And his little boy is um, possessed by a demon, uh, Connor. And you get to uh, fix that. And then also... um, you know, uh, Arl Eamon is in a coma, so you have to, like, go get, I shit you not, Jesus's ashes and make him sniff it, and then he wakes up. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, yeah, this is the urn thing, right? Mm-hmm. You, okay, you I started f- getting crumbs of that in, in this, the you village. You go fight a, cult, a dragon cult in Haven. Again, cool. goof shit. Dragon cult. Sure. I love it. Sounds fun. It's great. Um, I, Inquisition, uh, listen, I'm saying this as a professional game dev, absolutely no, like, shout out to my colleagues, making games is so fucking hard, dude. I will say, I, if one of my, one of the things that makes Inquisition a little bit harder to connect to for me is it just takes itself so seriously, and I just don't think I'm used to that. Um, like, I, I genuinely miss... There's, like, a DLC in for 2 where Hawk sticks their fucking hand into wyvern shit. And I'm like, yeah, this is it. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. goofs. So, yeah. Hopefully uh, Dreadwolf has some some goofs and gags. Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll see. You know, I'm sure you'll have thoughts and... Um, probably won't hear them on air, but it'll be it'll be nice to to see what your thoughts are after. Man, Inquisition came out in what seventeen? Fifteen. Fifteen, man. So nearly, it'll probably be almost ten years by the time it does come out. So like, phew. yeah, they just hit alpha last year, I think. So I'm not sure what their dev timeline is, but uh, you know they're still very much in development. Um, so I know there were, there have also been leaks, and if you're listening to the show, like please. Don't share leaks, you know, on the internet. It's really, really annoying for devs. Leaks are not representative of final content. Um, you know, we work very hard. And so, like, if you see working, you would be surprised as to how how long things don't look right. And then they come together very suddenly at the end uh, for visuals. So, like, you know, please, if you see leaks, don't share them around. Sure. That's my, that, um, that's my professional plea. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, okay. For our marketing minute, I have kind of a, a convoluted one. 
But I was like, okay. I feel like Dragon Age Origins was a big evolution on a lot of the stuff that Bioware had been doing beforehand. So if you if you don't know the background, Bioware, you know, did the original like computer RPGs, which are like, you know, uh, Baldur's Gate one and two, right? Which were which were pretty you know important at the time. Potentially also Icewind Dale. I don't know about that, but I, they're in the same vein. You know, if you if you know anything about the original Fallout games, that that kind of like isometric style, like tabletop kind of adjacent game is what I mean when I say computer RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, and then we get we get Kotor obviously, right? Bi- Bioware is the people who do Kotor, um, and then they get uh, bought by EA, and then everything goes to hell. Um, but um, you know, if we were gonna try to make like. I feel like they changed those games because those games were always story centric, but they weren't like, you know, fully voice at, you know, voice acted and like had animations and, you know, a heavy investment in character relationships the same way that these Bioware games did with um, Mass Effect notably, but also here in, in Dragon Age. So like, Layla, if we were to make something like a big narrative or story centric change to an established genre of game... What genre do you think really could use kind of a kind of overhaul that would still kind of fit in this in this mode? Hmm. Or if that's too uh, complicated a question, what if we were making a Bioware game? What is our Bioware fantasy game look like? Well, no, the, the first question is an interesting concept. I, I do want to I do want to mull it over. Um. I mean, I could talk about what I might do to make story centric changes. Here. So. I think it, I think it's really Crusader Kings, right? I think you start with Crusader Kings because that game is already about making weird uh, narrative choices, and I think it's like you set it in a smaller setting so that way you can actually do more character work and voice acting, etc. But then, like you do create like you know a, a big possible web of, of relationships and characters. It's it's like Crusader Kings meets. Um, fire emblem right where you can have all those like individual character cutscenes and conversations um and like I, I think that would be a very fun thing to do where it's like you have all this like weird technical background stuff but then you could also like have these relationships where your where your characters and your 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 monarch or whatever you're playing as um does end up like having these these weird side relationships with the people they're trying to romance or assassinate or you know become a scholar because like i think you know, a lot of a lot of the Crusader King stuff is is very narrative focused. Like you have to read it in a text box. And I think seeing it actually and, and hearing it voice it acted out would be a big changer, game changer. I yeah, I definitely agree. Um, see, uh, I, I think I think for me, I want to see. I want to see like a. I really want to see like an interesting story based. Um, shooter and it's been done before uh like deus ex i think is is a really good example of of just like using the the shooting mechanics as you know making sure that they have weight and you're not just like doing like a bullet hell you know um and uh i gosh i don't know what changes specifically i would make but there's got to be something interesting you can do that is still fundamentally a shooter, but gives you some sort of, like, story weight that maybe isn't necessarily about the, like, weight and reckoning of violence. Like, I would really like to see shooter mechanics, but maybe not even necessarily with guns or death. Like, there's got to be something you can do, right? Something interesting. Um, 
And I know I'm being vague here, but like when I sit here and think and I'm like, okay, my first, my first instinct is puzzle games, right? But there's plenty of like really beautiful story-driven puzzle games that, you know, I think that's a genre that's, that's really well developed. And then otherwise there's like, you know, quote unquote cozy games, but those have really good story elements to them as well. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, I think the only, to me, a really underexplored genre narratively, not that there aren't narrative shooters, but I don't see enough of them. Um, you know, is, is, is kind of that. As to what the, what the, what, what the mortified uh, Bioware fantasy game is, I think, listen, you and I have overlapping interests. Mm-hmm. We like mechs. Mm-hmm. We like talking about colonialism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we like stupid high fantasy shit. Uh, right. I think there's got to be a lane somewhere in the iron widow fantasy space not specifically that setting mm-hmm. but i'm talking big fuck off fantasy mechs with a magic system and we we make a big big anti-colonialism narrative yeah yeah hmm maybe something where you get like your player character gets like dragooned into like the you know, empires like Knight Corps, except the knights are all you know mecha pilots, and from there you have to like start a revolution inside the the like mecha pilot corps and like do a civil war that way. That could be fun. Could be fun. Yeah. Uh, there's also reckoning with the quote unquote benevolent kind of colonialism. Uh, mm. So, for example, uh, you know, having a larger more powerful state invest in your state's infrastructure and at first it seems all chill and good and then they start to want to like extract favors or mm-hmm. abuse some of the resources or the people you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of rooms but with fantasy mix yeah yeah um publishers if that kind of pitch sounds interesting to you i have a ninety-five thousand word manuscript uh called the chains nothing can break about uh that exact concept so uh hit us up it's it's still available <laughs> yeah this is very chainsy isn't it it's a little bit chainsy um, but hey that just means you're in your comfort zone yep yep uh well i think i think that was a pretty good conversation um you know as as bioware games get older i'm sure we'll talk about them more often you know eventually we'll probably we should have to do we should do a kotor episode at one point uh we um, should absolutely do a kotor episode sometime uh, i love those games if you want to talk about oh god it, i don't know where the kotor um remake has landed i in the press um there's been some change in the development so you know i i'm not really sure what what the status of that is i hope i hope the kotor remake is continuing smoothly Correct. Um, but I, I just don't do really well with D and D mechanics and like dice rolls yes. in, yeah. in like single player RPGs. I would love for some, for like a, des- a game design pass on those games. Cause Kodor 2 to me is poetry. Uh, it's an excellent, excellent narrative about how the Jedi are shitty centrists, um, and what grief does to a person. Uh, it's 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 really good um but yeah uh this was great i was i think i was exceptionally normal yeah no you didn't have any incredibly long-winded tangents about world building at all which i'm very proud of thank you so much i kept it all in um and you know proud of us uh i hope you had a good time with dragon age and i hope you have an even better time uh with uh baldur's gate 3 yeah 
We'll see. We'll see. Layla, when we are not um, talking about uh, narrative RPGs, uh, where can we be found on the internet? So you can now find me at L-E-Y-L-S-E-S on Blue Sky and Tumblr. Uh, as we said earlier in the show, I'm absolutely not on Twitter anymore. At Layla does not exist. Uh, but she does exist on Blue Sky. And it's the same exact content you would have gotten on Twitter. <laughs> you just post nonsense. I'm not really up to anything. I'm working on a big uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom illustration fan art thing. Um, So if you like that, watch out for that. Otherwise, uh, there's more and more press about Silent Hill Ascension, the uh, massively interactive live event uh, show product from your friend me at Genvid Entertainment. Um, So I will be increasingly busy as we are launching this year. It was really hard for Layla to make this entire video game, so you do have to buy it. Yeah, I did it all they by myself. They didn't have any help. <laughs> I did not at all have uh, help from dozens and dozens of incredible artists who I love working with every single day. Um, you know, but yes, so I will be increasingly busy with that. Yeah, um, congrats to the Silent Hill Ascension team. Um, uh, you can find me on... <sighs> Am I on Twitter? Am I still checking Twitter regularly? Yes, I'm not posting there regularly, but that's at AaronSXL. Um, if you want to follow my Blue Sky account, that's AA Voigt uh, uh, at or dot blue B Sky dot G- business. I don't know what the fucking Blue Sky URL is yet. It's AA Voigt. Find me there. Um, I'm on Tumblr at Monster Factory Fanfic. Uh, but my main site is aavoit.com where I talk about tabletop RPGs, health policy, and writing. Um, I, you know, as a week before this episode comes out, I just released a 50-minute v- video essay about um, RF Kuang's Babel and how it intersects with uh, Roden Rook and Deckard's Spire. Uh, it's I worked so hard on it, so if you like that, please go and check that out. Um, I'm really proud of it. Um yeah, our theme song is Obsolete by Keshko from the album Filmmaker's Reference Kit Volume 2. You can find more of their music at keshko.bandcamp.com. Layla. Aaron. How should we close this episode out today? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> you would think I'd have a bunch of... Uh... Well, Aaron, swooping is bad. <laughs> swooping is bad. We'll see you all next week. Bye.